So as the ushers continue to take the offering, I will tell you that we are finishing a, a series that we have been looking at, trying to think about how do we, how do we renew our mind. Uh, Paul tells us in Scripture uh, that we are, are transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so that we, we tend to think of and look for like actions, and maybe that's just me, but we tend to look for actions of these are the things and these are the steps that we take. Uh, and, I, and I do that, and, and we're going to talk a little bit in a few minutes about steps and things of that nature. But, but Scripture is pretty clear, too, that, that part of what we have to do or some of our starting place is, is what do we put in here and how our mind affects our beliefs and how our mind affects our actions. And so I shared with you a passage that's kind of been our theme passage uh, for this series. It comes in Ephesians. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to look at three short verses. These are the verses that we've looked at throughout this series. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, it says this, starting in verse 22. You were taught to put away your former way of life, your old self, corrupt and deluded by its lust, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And to clothe yourselves with the new self, created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Let's pray. Almighty God, we are thankful for your word. Lord, we're thankful for this moment where we are able to pause and draw upon your spirit. We pray, God, that each of us open ourselves up. To you. Come and move in us. Change and transform us. Grow us to be more like you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I think, at least, this idea of putting on your new self, um, I think it's easier, maybe easier said than done. It's really good theory. Right? I mean, it's true, and I believe it's true, but the reality is that most of us, we sometimes struggle with, with new self. And so we have times in our lives where we find ourselves somewhat discouraged. Last week, if you were here, I shared with you, I was fairly open, kind of bared my soul, so to speak, of, of where I was in that particular week. And I had several people who came up and said, kind words to me this week. I had people that email. I think people thought I was having a breakdown. Uh, I wasn't. Uh, it, it, it was, I was just trying to share with you kind of where I was. And then I had somebody come up this week and ask me this question this morning and said, well, how do you, how do you move forward? Considering you have ups and downs in your life, how do you get up every week and how do you preach and how do you, you know? And I said, that's great. It's a great question to ask because that's what the sermon's about is how do we, how do we move forward uh, as people of faith? Now, Thursday night, we were at home. It was me and Claire and Lydia, and we were at home, and our doorbell rang, which freaks our dog out. Uh, Just a side note, so you'll know if you ever ring our doorbell, it's going to take a while for us to calm our dog down before I can open the door. But I went to the door and opened it up, and there was this nice couple that were standing there. They were young, and she had an iPad in front of her, and he turned to me, and he said, do you have a moment? We're out visiting our neighbors, and we just wanted to know if you wanted to have a moment to talk about God. (laughs) 
great. Uh, I said, so I walked out the door, shut the door behind me, and I'm sitting there and my t-shirt, my shorts, and I'm like, look, I love to talk about God. Uh, What do you want to talk about? Uh, And so they started asking me, they said, well, you know, in light of everything that's going on in the world with the hurricanes wiping out the Bahamas and all the things that happen in society and school shootings and all of this kind of stuff, I mean, like, do you ever, like, get upset and angry with God and think about the fact that God may be the cause of this? And I was like, nope. And I said, let me tell you why. And so I went into this whole thing of, you know, the way that God's revealed himself, at least in my view in Scripture, God tells us that he's love. And so I said, so my starting place for God has always been, my starting place is God is love. And so everything I look at it, I look through that lens. And I said, Scripture also tells us God reveals himself as light. And so God is light in dark places. And so when the hurricane comes through, I don't think God caused that hurricane. I don't think God drove it into the Bahamas uh, to be angry at the Bahamas. I said, I think that when you see people showing up and donating and helping out, that you're able to see God work and you're able to see light in the midst of dark things. And so it does doesn't discourage me like that because I don't think that is God purposely doing this. And so I went on for a little while and they were kind of like, okay, Uh, I didn't think anybody was going to, he said, he goes, we didn't think anybody was actually going to share scripture with us. We had something we wanted to say to you. And I said, well, I should tell you, I'm a preacher, which quickly sends them off the door. Uh, But, but their point was really, I mean, what they, what they were talking about, we're trying to get to was don't you look around the world sometimes and get discouraged? I mean, don't you, I mean, don't you sometimes like look around and think God's not doing what God needs to be doing? Don't you ever look around and think, man, why are we not getting the answer that we're looking for? Why do we, why do we not see the healing in our life? I mean, there's these points where I think that they're, what they were trying to drive at was a valid point. Um, And it pushes me to stop and say to you, if you sit here today and you're a follower of Christ, what's our response? I mean, what's what's your response? What would be your response when somebody shows up at your door and says, well, aren't you discouraged with the way that the world is going? Or aren't you discouraged with life? How do you push through, in a sense, when you feel as though you're discouraged. Now, if you look at Scripture, throughout Scripture, story after story, uh, it kind of gives us a hint to a degree. Um, My favorite person in the Old Testament is Joseph. I love Joseph in the Old Testament, and here's why. If you go and read, how many of you have ever read anything about Joseph in the Old Testament? All right, so some of you have read, go and read Joseph's story. Some bad things happened to Joseph over and over and over again. What Joseph does in every situation is when something bad happens, he says, where's God? What's what's God doing? How's God going to use me in this situation? What's God going to do now? You don't see him kind of moaning about a whole lot of things. He's just like, where's God? Something else bad happens to him. He's like, okay, now where's God now? What's God going to do here? How's God going to use me to reach the people in the prison? Everything, over and over again, you see this idea that one of the ways that we're able to deal with difficult situations is to look and think about what's God doing, where's God doing, how's God going to use me today. 
You look at the story in Genesis, uh, Leah and Rachel. Leah is one who feels unloved. I mean, literally, the scripture says that. She's, she feels as though she is unloved by the person that she loves. And so she conceives a child. And when she conceives the child, she says, and if you go and read the story in Genesis, she says, surely my husband will love me now. So think about that. How many times in your life, if something happened, you go, okay, surely God's going to be pleased with me now. You know, I come and serve all day with the soccer program and, and worked out there in the heat. Surely God, I mean, surely I'm going to get like a jewel in my crown uh, for doing that, right? And so we say, surely somehow that's going to, to benefit me. This is kind of where she was. But if you go and read the story, she conceives another child. She conceives another child. And the story says she's still unhappy. She still doesn't get encouraged, if you will. She has three children. She gets conceives another one. And then when she does, it says this, this time I will praise the Lord. Just like Joseph. So she becomes to where she can stop and go, okay, today I'm going to praise the Lord. Youth. The last month we spent youth looking at the book of Habakkuk, right? And if y'all remember anything, I'm not going to quiz y'all, but let's just, y'all nod your heads like you know this, because how many adults have read the story of Habakkuk and are really well versed in it? So good, good. Okay, so some of y'all have. Y'all can tell me if I'm wrong. But Habakkuk, when you go and read his story, it's three chapters. It's very easy to read. He is a prophet, and what I told the youth is he was a reverse prophet. So we think of prophets as God gives a message to somebody and they go out and share with the world. The he was a reverse, meaning that he kind of looked around, he had a message from the people, and he went to God. So he looked around and said, wait a minute, why is God not working? Why is God not doing what God should be doing? And so he goes and he yells and gets angry with God. And as he's angry with God and as he's in this period of waiting, what you read in his story is he comes to this point where he says, look, I'm going to position myself to where I can listen to God. And when I position myself to listen to God, I'm going to declare that God is on the throne. He says, God is still in his temple. And then he says, I will praise God. Not for what God's done, but I'm just going to praise God. And so, again, you see this theme, story after story after story, that one of the things that we're able to do in the midst of situations that we might find discouraging is we praise God. Think about it. Do you praise God? Do you wake up in the day? Dwayne often will pray this of thank you for today, a day that we've never seen before. Do you wake up and praise God for today? For this time? How, how do we do that? Let me share a passage with you that comes in Joshua. And listen to this, because Joshua gives us kind of a rhythm. I want y'all to hear what it says. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord God will be with you wherever you go. And so we kind of get a rhythm of what we're supposed to do. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And then there's a promise. For God will be with you wherever you go. We spend a majority of our effort and our energy. Y'all think about this. If this is true for you. We spend a majority of our effort and our energy on last time. Right? Last time I failed. 
Last time I sinned. Last time I didn't do what God wanted me to do. Or maybe it's last time it went really good. Last time, man, everything was great. Last year, last season, last decade. We spend all of our effort and our energy or a lot of our effort and our energy on last time or on next time. Right? What, what's going to happen next time? We spend our effort and our energy in anxiety and worry. What's God going to do next month, next year? What's going to happen in the next relationship or whatever it may be? We think about last time and we think about next time. How much of your time do you spend on this time? Today. The gift God's given you to praise his name. And so I want to talk to you just about some things that you might do. Um, we often think that, that we've got to make big steps to make changes. And it's often little steps. I have a phone app in my phone that uh, gives me um, two cards a day that I have to do for point. Anyway, I'll explain all that. But one of the cards this morning, when I looked at it, it was talking about drive to work a different route. And it said, drive to work a different route every day because you get stuck going the same way. And it said it helps you to be more open to change. So intentionally take a different route to work. So I did. Um, I still got here. But it's just the point of sometimes it's just small little things. And so what I'm going to say to you are just some things that I do to help me move forward. And my hope is that maybe you'll pick up one or two along the way that you can stop and go. Next time you're discouraged, how do I focus on this time? One, I would encourage you to reflect on God's faithfulness to you. All right? Reflect when God's been faithful to you. So if I were to ask you, and I'm not going to, so if I were to ask you to turn to your neighbor and say, I want you right now to tell your neighbor three times in your life that God's been faithful to you, go. How many of you would be able to do that right on the spot? Three times that you've been faithful, that God's been faithful. It's, you know, you start and think about it. Okay, I don't, I don't know if I could. But folks, as followers of Christ, you need to be thinking about those. You need to be thinking about, because that's part of your witness. That's part of your story. When's God been faithful to you in your life? If you haven't paused and thought about and reflected on when God's been faithful to you, how do you share that? Now, you know, in the, in the Methodist church, we move. So I'm itinerant. It means I move wherever the bishop tells me to move. And when we got appointed here four years ago, Lydia was finishing seventh grade. And our biggest concern when they told us that we were going to move to Stockbridge, was how that was going to affect Lydia in school. Uh, what helped us was when my older son, he moved in fifth grade and he moved in seventh grade. And while we were worried about him, we could look back and we could see that God had been faithful in those moves. We learned something when we lived in Rutledge. We learned something and, and Latham grew into a, a, a follower of Christ on his own and, and, and a great man of faith. And most of that happened and occurred in Cartersville. 
Um, and so we could see where God was faithful. So in the midst of something that was uncertain for us, what brought me relief was God had been faithful before. So God will be faithful again. And God made a way in the past. God will make a way again in the future. And I would say in all of our experiences in Stockbridge, one of the greatest things has been to watch Lydia form in her faith. Um, where's God been faithful in your life? And not just faithful to your community and to, to the church. I'm talking about in your life, where have you seen God be faithful? Reflect on that. Have an answer to that question. The other thing I would encourage you to do is to reflect on the magnitude of God. Who is God? I mean, how big is God? If, I've, if you've ever been at one of my funerals, one of the things that I would say to every family, somewhere along the way I say this, is I want you to see today through the lens of eternity. Think about that. I want them to see that day through the lens of eternity because you're able to see the magnitude of God, the eternal nature of God, that God is so much bigger. And what I find that to be true, I know when Claire's dad passed away and we were going into the funeral that day, they, you know, how they'll close the door and then they open the door up and they tell everybody to stand. And they did that for us. And when they stood, they had everybody stand. We started to go in and Claire leaned into me and she said, I can't do this. I can't go in. And here we are five years later, and we're able to see how God has strengthened us and sustained us and carried us. And God will continue to do that, but we can see it through the lens of eternity. You've got to think about the magnitude of God. And so I encourage you to reflect on who God is and how big God is. You know, we can go outside and be amazed at the sun and the moon and the stars but do you really think about God as creator and that God created this and that God has the capacity and the power to do things that we can't even imagine? Reflect on that because it helps you in the midst of times of discouragement. Another thing I would encourage you to do is to reflect on your part. We don't like to have a part. In being discouraged. But see, the enemy will throw certain lies at you. The enemy will say certain things. But you have to stop and look and go, but what part am I playing in that? And what I mean by that is I, I had a conversation with someone yesterday that they were talking about how Facebook frustrated them because they look, could see somebody post something that they knew wasn't true. And so it irritated them. And I turned to them and I said, you do know that you don't have to look at Facebook, right? I mean, it's not like law that you have to be on social media. So you have, a, you have a choice. You can stop and look and go, what part do you play in that? I don't watch the news. I watch like a little snippet of news. But po most of my news comes from, I can look on a computer and I can choose what story I want to read. That's how I tend to watch the news, because the news brings you down. You go watch 15 minutes of the news and you're like depressed. And so you can choose. You've got to own what your part is. And so that's one thing I would encourage you to do is to reflect on, on what you feed your mind 
in the ways of what discourages you. The other I would encourage you is to reflect beyond yourself. If you find yourself, if you find yourself in a spiritual funk, listen, get up and go serve somebody else. If you find yourself in a spiritual funk, you need to get up. You need to go work at a food pantry. You need to go uh, go serve in the soccer ministry, get involved in backpack buddies, uh, serve in the preschool, background checked and all. That's good. But, uh, but, but find a way to serve other people. But don't, don't make it among, because we make it about ourselves and we're able to get discouraged. You're able to feed that. What you've got to do is begin to reflect beyond yourself and serve other people. I mean, science has proven that this, y'all know I love science. Science has proven that this actually, people who volunteer and serve other people are more joyful. It's the brain. It It creates just different patterns and different pathways in your brain. Get up and go serve somebody. Make it about somebody else. The other thing I would encourage you to do is to reflect the people around you. Um, if you look and feel as though you're discouraged, look at the people that are influencing you. Chad preached a couple weeks ago about the inner circle and the outer circle. People will come through if you're struggling with addiction. People will come through and say, okay, they're talking about addiction. One of the questions I always tend to ask is, so what are you going to do different? I mean, if you're hanging around people who were your people that you did drugs with, the people that you drank with, and you don't make changes, it's probably not going to work. You want to push, you've got to stop and pray until something happens. Something may happen in the fact that you need to end a relationship so that you're able to distance yourself. You've got to look at what's around you. Also, just as equally bad would be as if you isolate yourself. What you want to do is get people around you that... Want to focus on God. Want to focus on faith. And so kind of explore those around you. And then also probably, maybe even the most important, would be as you've got to, if you find yourself in a place of discouragement, sometimes you have to be your greatest encourager. You have to speak into your life. You have to be able to say who I am who you say I am. You have to be able to say this is who God says. Because remember, we're trying to speak into our lives in a way that's consistent with what God says and God sees in us. And folks, there are weapons that we have. One weapon is church. You can say that you come to church just to check off a box. You come because your parents want you to or you come because you're bringing your children. Folks, this is an opportunity for us to get up every day despite what's going on in life and to be able to say, today I'm praising God. And we come up with, which is so aggravating sometimes, we come up with lots of excuses not to go to church. Mm, that was an awkward pause, right? I mean, the weather looks really good today, and so I need to work in the yard. What are we saying? Because some of you have young people, children, students. What are we teaching our children? What are we teaching the next generation when we say anything and everything is really 
more important than church? Or it's raining. Well, I don't want to get out in the rain. Uh, that makes it difficult to have to. What are, we, what are we teaching the next generation? What are we saying about? Folks, church is an opportunity for us to declare Jesus Christ is Lord over every situation. Today, I'm going to praise God. No matter what I feel, no matter what I think, no matter what's going on in my life, today, I'm going to pray. It's a weapon that we have. The other one is Scripture. What Scripture do you go to? Like, what's your, what's your go-to Scripture to think about as a weapon that God gives you? And if you don't have one, find one. I mean, figure out one. Start reading the Bible. Start asking people what their passage of Scripture is. My favorite Old Testament verse comes in Proverbs, and it says that you're to lean not on your own understanding, but you're to trust in God, and He will direct your path. And I don't care if you know, the, that's not the exact words, and that's not exact translation. I don't care whether you know the exact words, but you know the heart of what the passage is. And what that helps me to do is when, when things happen that I don't understand, I can say, you know what? I don't have to understand everything. I'm okay with part of God being a mystery. That's okay for me because when I don't understand something, I'm going to trust God and I believe God will direct my path. God will guide me. God will lead me. What what passage do you use? Romans, it tells us to to not conform to the patterns of this world. I love that passage. I use it all the time because people will come up and go, well, but you've got to do this because that's just how we work. You know, I don't have to. It says I don't have to conform to the patterns of this world, but I need to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And you don't have to use mine, but you got to have one. you got to have some passages that Scripture says you got to take it into your heart. So when I don't know something or I, somebody tells me I can't do something, wait a minute, I can do things because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Something's coming against me, it says in Romans, doesn't have to prosper. So you, you've got weapons So as followers of Christ, we have some responsibility. You have a responsibility, and that is to figure out, like, what's God giving you? God's given you a gift, and it's to sustain you and empower you and strengthen you. So when things get discouraging, you're able to keep moving forward. Courage, courage helps you advance. Fear is going to help you retreat. Think about it. Courage will help you advance. Fear will help you retreat. Joshua says, be strong, courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Because the promise of God is the Lord God will be with you wherever you go. So I ask you again today. How much time and how much energy, how much effort are you spending trying to deal with last time? Or how much anxiety, anxious worry are you thinking about next time? Maybe today you just need to, this time, I will praise the Lord. Today, I'm going to praise God. And so I'm going to invite Justin, Lauren, Kasai to come back up as we pray. And I want us to... Praise God. Let's spend a few moments 
and praise God today. Amen? Let's pray. Most gracious God, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit to encourage us. Lord, I pray for each and every person here. Lord, some are in that moment of discouragement right now. They walked in. Some of them have been carrying it for a long time. There's others in the room that that day of discouragement is going to come tomorrow. Maybe later this afternoon. And what you've given us is you've given us this moment. And so God, I pray that you help us. Pour your spirit over us right this second and allow us to say that today, this time, we will praise you. We will lift your name. We will sing your praises because we know who you are. And so I invite you this morning as we sing. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. Let's praise God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.